0: This is episode number 151 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and
1: current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're
0: listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care.
1: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell.
1: And Anita Lambert.
0: Today we are tackling a listener request for our episode and it is talking about Perinatal peer support during the transition to motherhood. So I just asked in my DMs about an hour ago for some topic suggestion, and this one came in multiple times and such an important topic. I don't think we've actually done a standalone episode talking about exactly this. So that's what we're going to get into today. Okay, so let's get into it. Perinatal peer support during the transition to motherhood. I think that this is probably one of the most impactful things that can influence someone's experience as we go from pregnancy into postpartum, whether it's the first time you're experiencing this shift or you've been through it many, many times. I think what's so important to start with is recognizing that this is a massive shift in our bodies, our lives, our relationships, and really our whole identity with ourselves. So in terms of what's happening just in your own body, as you go from pregnancy through birth into postpartum, our bodies have been through so much over that, say, one year time period, that it can be really difficult just to navigate that stuff. And I think especially if you're going through into postpartum for the first time, just feeling what it's like to live in a postpartum body after birth or whether that resulted in loss of a pregnancy or infant loss. That is such a wild time to experience life in your body that feels so changed.
1: Yeah, no. And I find this idea of like feeling like yourself again is actually really common. And I find it's actually how a lot of people talk about it. Um, Where I'll have clients postpartum get to a point and for everyone it feels different and some people feel like they don't get to that point is like feeling like themselves again um and yeah it's tough you can prepare as much as you can um then when you're in it to really kind of feel the physical mental and emotional changes um can be a lot
0: Yeah, and I think this can be on the level of thinking about it in terms of even body composition and body image, but also the experience of, say, healing from birth, whether that's a vaginal birth or a cesarean. So adding on the extra physical, mental, and emotional aspects of recovering from a birth and feeling, say, all the stuff that comes up through that, whether it's aches, pains, wound healing, That's just a lot to deal with as it is. But then of course, when we consider all that's happening with potentially newborn care, the sleep struggles, the lack of sleep that come with postpartum with a newborn. So I just think it's important to consider all the intersections that come with postpartum. It's not just these singular things like, oh, my body's different. Oh, I'm recovering from birth oh, I'm not working in my professional career how I used to. It's all those things layered on top of each other, which I think can make this time feel so overwhelmingly difficult for a lot of people. And then I think just noting what you said about wanting to feel like ourselves again, really considering what that even means and also the potential that maybe we're not going to for a quite a long time, or maybe we're just not even going to feel like that version of ourselves again ever. And that can be, that can feel like grief. That is grief for many people. I know that's what it's felt like for me both times postpartum now. And it was the thing that made me so scared to get pregnant again, the second time, just knowing what that first time around postpartum felt like just this like floundering of who am I right now? Like, what is this newest version of myself like anymore? And feeling all the discomforts that come with that, just validating that that is so real and you are not alone in that, even though it might feel really isolating right now. Mm -hmm. And so segueing right into this second point we wanted to hit on that it's really normal to struggle postpartum. And uh, I hope that we are creating a atmosphere and an environment where you know and believe and trust this. And I hope that you can have more conversations about this in your real life too, with peers, friendships that you're getting support with during this transition to motherhood. Just more honesty about how isolating parenting and postpartum can feel like. And another thing that I don't think people talk about, or I have felt, I think, a little bit isolated in through my journey in parenting is that I just find it to be really boring a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. And I think it's interesting you bring that up because I think once you're in it, it can be easier to understand that because Boring doesn't necessarily mean not challenging, um, not time consuming, not consuming energy like that is all involved. But there can be. And everyone, I feel like um, you kind of relate or maybe feel more connected during certain times. Like some people feel more connected during the infant stage and then or as they turn into a baby or as they become a toddler. And so everyone's kind of different with how they feel. Maybe different times might be more boring or or just different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I think it's like the, uh, the relentless nature, first of all, of taking care of a newborn when you're just doing like maybe the same three tasks all day and night long feeding in whatever version or method you're feeding in, changing diapers, changing clothes, doing laundry, cleaning dishes, making food, like, it's just, sometimes it just feels like you're only doing those activities. And that I think is what the boredom comes from, from me. I'm just like, I want to use my brain and my body differently than doing this stuff. So again, it's just like recognizing it's super normal to struggle. And it's really normal to feel like this isn't fun and this isn't exciting. And I feel really alone in my house right now doing this.
1: And I think it's good to bring up with this one too, how you said, you know, it can feel very isolating is also the time we're in right now. So if you're listening to this in real time, we're in month eight of um, COVID, COVID times, however you want to put it. Um, and so that in itself can be very isolating on top of, you know, parenting and during this stage of having little ones. Um, and then also, you know, you may have gone through pregnancy feeling much more isolated than you thought. So you're kind of entering this already from that place. So to know how you feel is so valid and, and we're going to kind of go into some options of finding support, which we feel are really relevant, whether you're listening to this in real time or kind of in the future That. There's a lot of options, even if you're needing to stay home with what is going on with COVID. There's ways to get that support.
0: Yeah, so let's get into that. So I think the th- number one thing that most of us might think about if we're talking about peer support in motherhood is probably friendships. And that can look different for a lot of people based upon the actual friends that you feel safe and comfortable and able to share with vulnerably in your real life whether that's again in person or online but also coming from someone who is introverted and highly sensitive i also know that this can feel overwhelming Again, if you're kind of in the thick of it postpartum, thinking that maybe you need to be reaching out to people more often than you are, or you need to be planning meetups and going for walks and doing all the stuff, it doesn't need to look like that either. I think that you can really adjust this to meet the level of support that you might be needing that feels really accessible for you at this time. So it might just look like texting with someone, dming honestly on facebook on social media on instagram if that feels supportive for you it might be a facetime call or an actual phone call or it could be going for a walk with someone or having someone to your home or going to their home if that feels safe for you in your bubble Mm
1: -hmm. and i like this too even the idea of having that peer support maybe kind of the one-to-one so like texting dms and that but also you could even have group Um, In terms of whether it's WhatsApp, you can make like a group. I know I have that with some of my close girlfriends. And so, you know, knowing those different options, whether it's like a small group in that realm or kind of individual.
0: Yeah. And let's also hit on the topic of friendships, postpartum and in motherhood. Something that comes up for my clients sometimes is that their friendships for with people who don't have children feel very different after they do have children and that again is just something to recognize that perhaps the challenge or the struggle that might arise in and that people just might be feeling a certain kind of way that has nothing at all to do with you so friendships that you're able to have really honest vulnerable vulnerable conversations with that can feel really really good So the second option to finding peer support, which I have done a couple of times, but a lot of my clients in our group fitness coaching program have done this, and it has absolutely been a game changer. And that has been group mental health therapy or counseling support sessions. So I love this option. This can be in person, online, again, whatever you're safe, feeling safe and comfortable with. But Instead of one-on-one type therapy or counseling sessions, this could be done in a small group. And there are mental health providers that organize these sessions that are based around motherhood and mothering. So you're talking and connecting with people who are really experiencing similar or the same types of stuff that you're going through. And then I think the one that we probably think about so often are the online or in-person mom and baby groups or parent and baby groups that we probably see a lot of, or you've seen a lot of in your local area or even online. Did you do any of these with your kids?
1: Yeah. um, I would say more so with my first, like when I had Pippa um, in-person, kind of there were some in-person mom groups that were available near us um, that I did but I also I found I personally really liked just meeting up with almost one-to-one or like maybe a couple of friends who have little ones around the same or had gone through the same thing. I found that was like a really good fit for me Um, and then second time around with Jack I definitely would say probably not much of this going on in terms of groups, but knowing different ways of connecting, again, kind of in a group format, but they weren't necessarily specific mom and baby groups.
0: Mm -hmm. So there was one that group back where we lived previously that has so many chapters of this group. It's called Mommy Connections. And there might be something close to you, but they would host these groups in all different neighborhoods of the city. And you would register for a specific time length. Maybe it was like eight, 10 sessions or 10 weeks. And they would bring in different professionals, instructors, to talk at each session, each session on a different theme. So sometimes it might have been a pelvic health physio, then a fitness instructor, then a mental health provider. So I think that that might be a really interesting option for some people who again, are maybe needing a bit more stimulation in terms of learning or education, along with the connection with people as well. And then of course... We got to mention the online or in-person fitness programs for moms, postpartum people, the ones where you can also bring your babies or kids along if you're in person. I mean, I'm biased, but that can be such a wonderful point of connection and also get you moving in ways that can feel really good to help support you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I know, Anita, at the studio that you work at, do they just host yoga classes for moms and babies?
1: So they have a variety. Um, and yeah. And then there was some online options um, when everything was like closed recently with COVID, but now they've started to open again. Um, but also there was like outdoor options. There was one called adventure babies, which was really cool. So a lot of moms love that because you were baby wearing, you were out at different parts in the city. Um, they even put in a bit of yoga. So And I do find, and it it could be more kind of the clients that I see, but so many loved this idea of in-person that yes, online can be great and it can be maybe more convenient because again, you don't have to leave the house. But I find so many, especially in the initial year postpartum, want to get out of the house and want to connect with other, um, other moms who are going through the same thing like they realized that in-person connection was is just really really important to them um so yeah so i see this all the time and i love just seeing those connections and friendships that maybe they never would have connected even though you live in the same town or city you may not have met if it wasn't for programs like this
0: yeah totally and What I love about our online group coaching fitness program to pregnancy and beyond is that the community is probably the number one reason why people are there and are staying within the program is because it is able to connect you with like-minded people with similar values that you might be having a difficult time finding in your area. And I'll just highlight that in terms of fitness coaching programs. I know that there are so, so many good ones and incredible instructors out there, but sometimes it also can be difficult to find a postpartum fitness program that is not body or weight or diet centered. And again, maybe an online fit could be right for you at that time if you're not quite finding what you're wanting. And then the last one I'll say is uh, what I've been telling myself for the last five plus years postpartum is like literally get a hobby. What are your hobbies? (laughs) Because I have just realized postpartum that I don't have many hobbies. Like what I do with things that I enjoy and love, I think about how I can turn it into a business and that is problematic. So find something that you might want to try or like to do and maybe that is finding an online or an in-person group that is not mom focused whatsoever and this might be especially important to you if you have experienced a loss a pregnancy or infant loss in some way and you don't want any discussion or talk about postpartum or public floors or babies do you have
1: hobbies (laughs) Um, I, that is like a really good point. Um, I feel like right now, not so much. Um, oh, wow. But I do I look at it of like, you know, looking at this too. like maybe there are things you haven't done since pre babies. Like, I got into physio um because of my background and love for sport and dance and did that for a number of years and now i combine that with all my kind of focus with pregnancy and birth and postpartum um but like i miss dance i don't like i i did do dance class as an adult as well and just kept that going up until basically before i got pregnant with my first and same with rock climbing like when um before i moved to peterborough we lived in toronto absolutely loved indoor rock climbing um, and have not gotten back to it there is a gym here where I live and I have not gotten back to it yet um so I'd say those so for me I would say the hobbies I really want to get back to do involve movement and exercise but it's the creative side that I feel like I'm missing and both of those like rock climbing and dance it is a very creative outlet um but then also allows me to like the physical energy side of it too, which like I love. So I'm excited to get back to those hobbies.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. So I think just what we want to wrap up with on this episode is one of the main lessons that I think I've learned through motherhood in terms of getting support outside of your immediate home. And if you're parenting with a partner or partners Developing relationships, continuing to foster relationships that are outside that partnership, because I think that we can just be, you know, relying so much on that partnership to get us through when really it might be so beneficial and helpful to your actual partnership that you have at home or that you are parenting within to spend some time on yourself